We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to another episode of Off the Carousel here on the Field of 68. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by new Cal head coach, Mark Madsen. Mark, what's going on, man? How you doing? I appreciate you being here. Hey, Rob, thanks for having me. Great to be on the show with you, man. And uh, we just finished some great coaches meetings. Players are starting to trickle into town and we're excited. Are you getting, have all your, your new transfers, all the freshmen, have everyone arrived on campus yet? Well, the, the report day is actually June 11th, but some guys are here early. They, they want to work out. They, they, they want to do that. You know, not not a lot, three, four, five guys, but uh, June 11th, we'll get started up. Are you feel like, do you feel like you're settled in yet? I know whenever coaches make that move, it's always like you get the job and you hit the ground running. You're working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, trying to figure out how to get this thing moving. You've got some transfers coming in. you got some commitments. Do you feel settled in yet? It's, you know, recently over the last few weeks, a little bit more, obviously, uh, my wife and I, we have four kids under the age of five and a half. Um, you know, we, we basically took the job and, and, and she had our fourth child, um, our second daughter w within like two or three days. And so that, that first month, six weeks was, I mean, it was, it was a sprint, Rob. I, I was flying back and forth between Berkeley recruiting going back to Utah to see the family. It was really busy, but family's out here now. We're settled in and, and uh, you know, th things are trying to slow down just a little bit. I cannot imagine what your wife must have been going through with a newborn, three other kids under five, and you bet going back and forth between a new job. I, I bet that that was, I got two kids under seven and I, I have no idea what I'm doing half the time. So I, I can't imagine you guys got much <laughs> sleep around then. There wasn't a lot of sleep. Um, you know, wasn't a lot of sleep, but, but you know, it's it's been great, and uh, kids are doing well, and and it's nice to have the whole family back together. That's good, man. That's always good. So, I don't think people realize how incredible of a basketball life you've lived. You played in the Final Four for Stanford. You played with Kobe. You played with Shaq. You played with Kevin Garnett. You got a couple titles. You got a couple rings. If I would have told a young Mark Madsen growing up back in California, that this is the life that you would have led, would you have believed me? No, no, there's no way. I mean, I was I was trying hard to make the freshman team at, at San Ramon Valley High School. Um, I was, you know, hoping to make the varsity the, the next year. And, you know, I was fighting and scrapping for minutes. Um, but, you know, what one thing led to another. I had some great coaches that, that really pushed us along the way. And, 
uh, I was fortunate to to have some some really great teammates along the way and play for some great coaches and be part of some really good teams. Yeah, you say some great teammates. I think you had two of the best teammates of all time in Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. You were a rookie in 2000. I think you were the 29th pick in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. What was? Tell me about that first time walking into the locker room and you see, oh, there's Kobe Bryant, his name's on the locker. Oh, there's Shaquille O'Neal, his name's on the locker. You got Robert Ory in there. You got all these famous people. It's, it's the L.A. Lakers. What, what was that experience like walking in there the first time? I mean, it was unbelievable. They, they were coming off – so the, obviously there was a three-peat. They were coming off the first championship of the three-peat. Um, you know, my first – my first two years, we win two championships, and you know that's all. That's all I knew for the first two years, and, and you know later I was on some different teams that you know had struggles, but you know Robert was a guy. My locker room at the Staples Center was was right next to Rob, and so he and I would talk a lot. He was a great mentor, you know Shaquille. I mean, you talk about a great teammate, someone that just cares about every single man in the locker room, makes it fun. Um, you know, always laughing, always joking. But then when the game started, I mean, he was he was all business. He, he was punishing people. Kobe, the first time I met Kobe, it was it was actually August, and no one was there. And and I I was there as a rookie, you know, working out. Uh, Mitch Kupchak, he told me to be there. Phil told me to be there, so I was there. No one else was there. But one day Kobe walked in. Um, it was nine thirty, and I said, "Hey, you know, you know, nice to meet you, all that stuff." And I said, you, you want to go out and get some shots? Yeah, I, I can rebound for you. Maybe I'll get a few shots up. And, and he said, big fella, I've already made 2,000 shots. And I did it at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> and, he, and he was serious. I, I mean, he backed up what he said. You know, some guys talk, but they don't really do. Kobe did. Kobe, Kobe was someone that did things. He worked. He perfected his game. He polished his game. Um. So... Give me give me your best story from that team. When you're playing with a guy like Kobe Bryant, you're playing with Shaquille O'Neal, you're in there every day in practice. I know that you got something good. I know you got some good stories from that time. You, you know, it's it, it, there's so many. The, 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 there's so many great experiences, just so many so many memories. You know, I, I think one of the things that comes to my mind is my first year, everyone was talking about the San Antonio Spurs. You know, Twin Towers, David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Um, you know, I think that was Tony Parker. It was I can't remember if he was on that team or not. I, I, but they, they had the Twin Towers, and so we're down there playing in the Alamo Alamo Dome, and it's the playoffs. And we ended up sweeping the the San Antonio Spurs. Kobe goes for 35, 40 for I think two of those games. And you know, after one of those games, Shaq just came out and he said Kobe Bryant is is the best player in the world you know and then and then Kobe came out and said well Shaq's the most dominant player in the universe and it was it was just awesome to see these two guys that they they were both I mean they're both two of the best players that have ever lived two of the best players that have ever played and they they, they found such a synergy and and they had such a recognition for each other's games and 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 and, and they went public with it and it was cool it was really cool to see how often do you get called Mad Dog these days? <laughs> Anybody that I played with in the NBA, that's kind of what they call me. And then, you know, people that I didn't play with, they, they don't call me that. So it, it's half and a half. It's a little bit here, a little bit there. Where did the nickname come from? My PE teacher at Monterre Elementary School. In, <laughs> really? In, Is that in, old? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fifth grade. 
Mr. Cornell. He he had a he had a stint with the 49ers. He he was the PE coach and he gave everybody nicknames and, and he gave me that one and it stuck. Mad dog. That's <laughs> I didn't realize it came <laughs> from fifth grade, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um so you played at Stanford. You played with the Collins twins there. I'm going to put you on the spot. You have to answer this question, okay? Prime, prime Collins twins, prime Lopez twins. They play two on two to 15, best out of seven. Who's winning that? Well, it depends. It depends. I'll, I'll give you a yes or no. What, what vintage of each twin set? I mean, are you talking, are you talking the Lopez twins of 2020 versus the Collins twins of, you know, I'm talking like the best version of each player, right? When they're all at their primes. <laughs> I would I would say it, young in their careers, the Collins Twins win it. Later in the career, the, the Lopez Twins win it. Only because Brooks going to be out there knocking down threes. Um, early in their careers, Collins. Later, Lopez. That's a that's a very diplomatic answer. I like how you found a way to say that both players are going to end up, or both guys are going to end up winning. Smart. It depends on the time period. Depends on the time period, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you played at Stanford. Now you are the head coach at Cal. They are rivals. How did you how did this end up? And how do you um like how do you balance that? Right. Like there's there's fans that are gonna sit here and say, you know, you went to a certain school, you're a rival. Like, how can you you cross that line? How do you how do you uh kind of navigate that in your own mind? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, obviously. I love Stanford. It's my alma mater. Went there undergrad, went there for grad school. I love it. You know, I've got a lot of great friends and relationships from there, you know. And that being said, I'm a Cal Bear now. I'm a Cal Bear now. And I don't have to disavow the, the great friends and relationships that, that that I have and the great memories I have from Stanford. But at this stage of my life, I'm the head coach of Cal. And I've dived in full steam, 100%. And I love it. I love it here. I've embraced, I've embraced this. I grew up 20 minutes from Cal. My first unofficial visit of any schools was to Cal for basketball. I sat in a practice, Rob, and I watched Jason Kidd. You know, I, I watched Jared Haas was on that team. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting there in high school. Um, I was a sophomore in high school because I took two years off later in my life to, to serve a mission. But, uh, but I was there. The head coach was Lou Campanella. My first college football game was to Cal. Um, and so obviously my, you know, I have a strong history with Stanford. I also have a strong history with Cal in the sense that a lot of my high school teachers had gone to Cal. And so th th there's a connection and every day that I'm here, that connection and that, that, uh, understanding of Cal grows and it deepens and I love it. My wife loves the area and, uh, go bears. Are your old Stanford teammates, are they okay with this yet? Is it the kind of thing where you guys are still going to be teammates until that game happens? Is that just what it is? Oh, no, there, there's no doubt. I mean, guys have already made clear, hey, they support me. They're, they're, they're happy about Cal, but there's one game where they, they will not be cheering for me or for Cal. But that, but that's obvious. I mean, two games, two games in conference. and uh, But guys have been great. Former teammates, we're, we're, all, we're all on a thread together, on a WhatsApp thread, and everyone was super supportive. And, uh, you know, a lot of support from that group. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. There's going to be a lot of jokes coming in there, I got to imagine. Oh, 100%. That's why, that, that, that's why half the time... Half the time I have WhatsApp download and half the time I don't, (laughs) you know? So you played at a a high academic institution, Stanford, very similar to Cal. Um, How do you, how do you get Cal going again? How do you get this thing back to the, the days of Jason Kidd, back to the days I go back to thinking about what it was when like Jerome Randall was there and those guys, how do you get this program back to being a team that can compete for Pac-12 titles? Yeah, no question. I mean, if you look at the body of work that Jerome Randall put in here at Cal, if you look at what Jason Kidd did, Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Sean Marks, mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's so many great players that, that have come through Cal and so many great teams. Um, you know, what, what, what I said in my press conference, I, I believe Cal is a sleeping giant in terms of um, the resources, the, the ability, the potential to be, uh, you know, in the national conversation every year. There's no reason why we cannot do that here at Cal. As we've been recruiting high school student athletes, uh, players out of the portal, people still care about academics. Not not, not everybody, but there is a large number of great basketball players that not only want to play at a high level, but they want to get a tremendous college degree. This is the best public institution in the world. And, And, you know, when you throw in all the schools, you know, private, public, I mean, in the world, I mean, I mean, Cal is like number three or four in the world in many different programs. And this is just from, you know, the, the, the rankings, you know, whether it's engineering, whether it's chemistry, you know, this is a top-notch place. And so that attracts people throw on top of that great basketball and probably one of the best geographical locations in the world with the Bay area. I mean, I mean, you look at geographies, it's, it's LA, it's the Bay area, it's New York city. There's a lot of other great cities, but but when you look at some of the premier places, um, we're in one of them. I remember talking with a guy that, that coached in the Ivy League for a while, and he was saying that he found it easier to recruit and easier to kind of build a roster at the high academic institution because it completely narrows down um, some of the, the, the people that you have to recruit from, right? Like you don't have to go evaluate every single player. There's only certain guys are going to be getting into Cal, certain guys that want to go to Cal. And he said that made 
uh, it made it easier to identify who you wanted and target them early and figure out how we're going to get this guy into our program. Have you, are you finding that at all? Are you, are you, have you spent enough time there to be able to see if that's something that can happen? Like th- that just, I, that it didn't really register to me until he explained it to me like that. Yeah. I would say, so I'll, I'll give a little bit of a broad answer. When I was an assistant coach at Stanford, that was absolutely the case. Um, you, you know, and, and I would say that there have been, you know, it, that's also kind of the case here at Cal. I, w- I would say one difference, one difference here at Cal is that kind of, I think the mission here, here, here at Cal Berkeley is here's this great education. And yes, you have to have amazingly high standards to get in. But occasionally, I think Cal Admissions is willing to work with us. You know, for example, if a player is coming from a school or an area that maybe didn't, wasn't able to take a bunch of AP classes, or maybe that school didn't have the funding, you know, or, or maybe, you know, this particular individual did not have a tremendous legacy of previous college graduates in their family, Cal's a place that's going to open up the tent and say, hey, we want you in here. You, you know, you may not have had the AP courses at your high school. Your high school may not have had great funding at all, but we've seen your body of work. We know you can do it here. If you're committed, and, and these these student athletes are, come in, get this great education, make a change in your family, make a change in your community, and share that education going forward. And, and so that's been cool. So in a way, um, we can we can recruit globally. We can recruit nationally. And we can take special situations to the admissions and they're willing to have a conversation, which to me is incredibly, I, I think incredibly, it just speaks a lot about the mission and the values here at Cal. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to reunite with Fardos? Oh yeah. He was just in the office uh, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's one of the guys that's here early. He's working out. Um, and we were just, you know, in the, you know, we were having a staff meeting. He, he poked in. And uh, we're talking X's and O's, and it's it's great to have him here. What kind of impact do you think he can have in the Pac-12? Obviously, last year uh, at Texas Tech, he was banged up. But this is a guy, what do you average, 20 and 14, something like that, with you guys at Utah Valley? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Fardos had one year at Utah Valley where he not only led the nation in rebounding, but, you know, Ken Palm, he, you know, this was talked about, he – had the greatest defensive rebounding rate that Ken Palm had seen for like a decade and a half. Mm-hmm. It, 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 was, it was incredible what, what, what he had done. And so, you know, I think Doss, he had some tough injuries last year. He had some tough injuries and he battled through it and, and he still put together a really strong season at Texas tech. And so, you know, I think, I think Fardos is going to have a phenomenal year here at Cal. And I think every player on our roster is going to, is going to find a way to help impact winning and, you know, our, our job as coaches is to help these players be the best versions of themselves. And, and we're really excited about that. How, how long do you think it's going to take to get all of those new faces acclimated to what you want? I mean, if, in an era, in the era of the transfer portal, you always have new people coming in. You always have roster turnover. That's just what it's going to be in 2023 in college basketball. But you guys have the added... Uh, I don't know if difficulty is the right word, but the added step that you got to take where you also got a new coaching staff. So not only are the returners getting used to you, you're getting used to, like everything is new, right? So how how do you go about attacking that? Is it just trying to learn these guys every day? Is it uh, being able to go out and just hang out with them, have meals with them, bring them over to your house? Like how do you, how do you build that team 
aspect of having a team, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I think a lot of different ways. I mean, number one, um, you know, getting, getting to know, know them as people and, and for the players to get to know us as people. And so I, I think that's one of the biggest things that impacts having a family environment. I mean, we truly, um, that that's one of the, the things that's been important to us as a staff since day one here at Cal and in our previous locations, create a family environment where the players are comfortable, where, where the players feel not only appreciated, but supported, supported. So that's going to be through basketball, team building activities, meals together, um, you know, events in the home, all of those things, all of those things. And then, you know, the process of a team coming together is an exciting one. You know, the only difference is in college basketball, you, you have much more turnover now with the transfer portal, with grad transfers. And really, a lot of teams around the country have drastic roster turnover every year mm-hmm. because of the flexibility that the players have in seeking the best opportunity for them. And I, I don't know, it's a little bit more difficult for you guys as coaches um, to be able to to handle that. But I do think that the opportunities available, is that something that you would have when you were playing? Would you have appreciated that? Is Because it's like, it's very different now, the eras where everybody is, is you have a great season, even if it's at mid-major, you can transfer out. Like you experienced that with Fardall is going to the Big 12 level. Now you're right. also getting the benefit of that. When you're at Cal, you're able to get some of these other guys coming in, whether it's Jalen Tyson, the kid from Memphis, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Devin Askew's already there. Like you guys have a lot of players that have transferred. So now you're you're on the benefit uh, beneficial end of things. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, the, the transfer portal has given players great mobility. And when it's all said and done, I, I support that 100%. Does it present challenges at the Power 5 level? 100%. Because if, if a phenomenal freshman comes in uh, to Cal and is player of the year as a freshman, well, he that player is going to be having – is going to be getting hit up by agents, by, you know, relatives, by friends, you know, go to this school, go to that school. If a player goes to, you know, a mid-major – and, and has that you know a similar type of success, his Instagram inbox is going to be full <laughs> of agents saying, you know, I can get you this NIL deal if you go to you know wh- whichever school you know they may have an affiliation with. And so it's created more movement. I think that legislation and regulation is badly needed um, to kind of just handle some of these agents and, and, you know, a lot of these situations. And I think it's coming. I think those things are coming. All right. Last question uh, that I have for you now, Um, when you eventually win a title, whether regular season tournament title, NCAA tournament, final four, whatever it is, when you're cutting down a net, are we going to get a second coming of the Mark Madsen dance? (laughs) Hey Rob, if we make the final four, we're all dancing. <laughs> staff, me, everybody's dancing. Everybody's dancing. Yeah, Are you going to teach them your moves or can they do their own thing? The players couldn't learn these moves. They're too advanced. They're too advanced, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> well, listen, man, I uh, I can tell you right now that if we get a guarantee that we're going to get the mad dog dance coming, then uh, I will be a cow fan. I will wear a cow shirt. Give me a cow hat. I am all the way in on you guys. Mark, I appreciate the time. Thank you for jumping on off the carousel. 
Our partner for today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee in the morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit, I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is, AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more true. It's nearly impossible to eat and drink in a healthy manner in the month of February and the month of March when you are in my business. And AG1 was exactly the supplement that I needed to improve my gut health and cover my nutritional bases for the day. I've continued that into April. I've continued that into May, and I'm going to continue that the rest of the summer. All I have to do is mix a scoop of AG1 with some water or maybe add it into a smoothie and I'm ready to go. Do it after lunch and you'll be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Field of 68, our Off the Carousel series, a series where we go every season, every offseason for coaches, first-year coaches at their new location. And today we have no, no one else than the man, Brooks Savage at ETSU, comes from Wake Forest. Uh, Brooks, first of all, welcome and congratulations on the new gig. Thanks, T.O. Great to be here, man. Before before we were trying to get on here, you know, we had a little technical difficulty. I told you, you Clemson, you Clemson grads. My sister's a Clemson grad, but you know, there's a reason why it was my safety school. You guys aren't aren't, aren't overly bright over there. It, it takes us a minute to figure out some <laughs> of these Zoom contacts. That that's a fact. But <laughs> moving on to ETSU, back to Johnson City. I, I mean, you've had experience there. You worked for Steve Forbes there at ETSU. Followed him to Wake Forest. When this one came up. Uh, back in Johnson City, what what drew you back uh, to the tri? Is it the tri-state area? Yeah, the tri-cities. I mean, there's so many there's so many great things about this place, To and you, you know you you're familiar with this part of the country. They love basketball here in Johnson City and and Northeast Tennessee. They love the Bucks. Um, we got great facilities. We got unbelievable support. We got the best fans in the Southern Conference. Uh, lead the league in attendance year in year out. And, and then just the, the type of life-changing place that this can be for our, for our guys. I know it was for me and, and for our staff and our program the last time. And so um, obviously a place I'm really familiar with, uh, top-down alignment from, from Dr. Brian Nolan, our president, who plays basketball in the student center with the, uh, with the students every Sunday night. Uh, and then Dr., Dr. Richard Sander, our AD, who's uh, the best there is. And so just – the people, the place, the tradition, and you can win big like we did before. So just all that stuff makes it a, a dream job destination type of place. 
what was the process like for you as soon as the job came open? Uh, what was that interview process like? Obviously, it, a lot of ADs like to do their due diligence, but they were already familiar with you from the previous go around. What was your process like? It was fast. It was fast. I mean, you know, you get wrapped up in your own season and we were trying to make a run there at the end of Wake Forest. Um, but you, but I think the job came open and I think I got a call on a Sunday and asked if I would have interest. And of course I, I did and um, jumped on an interview on Monday with the committee. Uh, there were some other conversations Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, Coach Forbes was obviously instrumental in the process of helping me get it just you know, his, his, all the relationships that he has in the community and just helping, um, you know, build support for me. And then uh, it ended on Thursday with a, with a zoom with Dr. Nolan and um, that went really well. And then you're kind of sitting by the phone cause you're, you feel like maybe it might, you might get a call and then it didn't on Thursday. So I'm like a nervous wreck. And um, then Friday, Dr. Dr. Sander called Friday morning and, and I was at home with my wife, Lauren. And so we got to kind of share that together, which was cool. And then press conference the following Monday. So it was a, it was a quick process. I think they just wanted some familiarity, somebody, you know, not only myself, but our staff who had great pride in the program and understands what it takes uh, to win big here what was the first order of business? Obviously where they go 12 and 20 last season, what was the first order of business to you to get ETSU back to where you feel it can be? Yeah. The, the right coming through the door right away, it was trying to connect with the guys that were still here and try to keep as many of those guys that wanted to be here sure, um, and wanted to be part of the solution. Like let's go. And so um, that was the first, the first important thing that was pretty much all day, Monday afternoon, um, and then all day Tuesday, having individual meetings, trying to get them excited. It's like it's a race to relationship, as I've kind of called it. Like you have a very short window to grab their attention and get them excited about the future of this program and how they're going to be a part of it and their place in it. And so it's style of play and, and trying to just, you know, get them get them fired up. And, um, you know, because there's a week like there was from the time the job opens until there's a new coach, there's time that elapses. And so people are in their ear and they're wondering what's going on. And so that you got to make up for that time. And that, it's not easy to do, but I love the guys we kept. Jaden Seymour is going to be a stud for us. Um, Justice Smith, I think will have, be one of the most improved players in our league. He fits our style. Both of those guys fit our style of play perfectly. Braden Illick is a, a big young kid that can stretch it and has got, um, you know, a really, really high ceiling. And then uh, Alan Struthers is a guy in the backcourt that's tough. Newport News, Virginia. Dad's a coach, knows how to play. And so been really pleased with those guys this spring. Uh, Braden Ellick, uh, Tennessee Bobcats guy. I feel like I need to throw that out there for Kevin Feltner. Good luck. Good luck. Obviously, the Southern Conference has been littered with really good coaching over the past few seasons. You look, West Miller goes to Cincinnati. You have Steve Forbes going to Wake. You have all these different opportunities coming out of this particular league. Uh, that's obviously part of the challenge, right? What do you have to say about uh, how you attack that? Because there is a lot of good coaches still in this league. Bob Ritchie of Furman. You got Coach Jones over at UNCG. There, there's a lot of really good coaching in this league. There's exceptional coaches in this league and has been, um, you know, since I've been in this league seven years before, and there's just been great coaches everywhere. Um, you know, you have Ed Conroy 
at the Citadel. Are you kidding right. me? Yeah. Nobody is signing up to go in there. Um, Greg Gary at Mercer, phenomenal coach. Um, what Bucky is doing at Sanford and getting that place excited about basketball there. So, I mean, the guys you mentioned, obviously Bob has built that thing into, in, into a monster down in Greenville. So the league is, you know, the league is great and it's always had great coaches. It's always had great players. Um, and so, but I think just the familiarity with that and having been through those battles, but also, you know, the ACC, we had some good coaches too. So, you know, getting prepared for those guys night in, night out, um, I think helped prepare me, you know, for this. But uh, just an awesome basketball league, um, and it always has been. It's one of the oldest leagues in the country. Jerry West played in this league. Steph Curry played in this league, on down the, on down the line. So a great lineage, a great tradition of great coaches, players, and teams. And, and, we, and we've been making some noise in the tournament. You know, this is a league where you can get a good seed and help your your chances of winning. Furman won this year. Chattanooga lost to Illinois last year at the buzzer. Um, Greensboro has been competitive. I think we we would have had a great shot to win a game or two in 2020, you know. And so um, in Wofford, they beat, you know, had Kentucky on the ropes to go to the Sweet 16. So, yeah, it's a great league and, and, and one that uh, is very competitive. Obviously, in today's age, the NCAA is constantly changing. You guys have had experience in bringing guys in at Wake Forest at your last stop of finding these guys that can make tremendous impacts in one year or two years. Is that something you're going to bring over to ETSU, or is it going to be a, a mixed bag? Uh, we'll definitely always utilize the portal, T.O., but you know, it, we had a good mix last time. We had a number of all-freshman you know, players. I think that's one thing that gets lost on, on – kind of our reputation as as a staff in recruiting is that it's just JUCO guys. It's just transfers. But, like, look, Bobby Clintman this year and Cameron Hildreth were good high school players. Um, you know, we had we had Maladin Armish here last time, Bo Hodges, Davian Williamson, Damari mm -hmm. Monsanto were all high school players here at ETSU. So it's always been a good mix. Um, but we'll definitely – we're going to recruit, um, you know, all of it. You know, but we'll always be – be active in the portal and, and, and in junior college here. Um, and so, um, but yeah, we, we've had a great, we've had great success. I think we were kind of a little bit ahead of, we were kind of in the portal before it was kind of a thing. The last time here, you know, we had a number of grad transfers and we were getting waivers for guys. I think that, um, you know, allowed us to be old and, and, and competitive right away. And so, but it's changed a little bit now, but um, you know, we've had to fill nine, nine new guys. And so we've uh, we've been working at that pretty tire tirelessly. You and Coach Forbes over three hundred games together. Obviously, you're your own man. What do you think you'll take from Coach Forbes uh, more than anything else? Because he's had a good bit of success moving on to Wake Forest and doing what he's done in the ACC, and he's also had that that success at ETSU. What, what's going to be your biggest takeaway from what he does? And what do you think you potentially would do a little bit differently? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I couldn't have had a better teacher. I tell you that um, he was been tremendous to me. Obviously, wouldn't be here without him. He's given me an enormous responsibility over the years, as he has our entire staff. And so, a lot of it will look kind of the same because I think he let us have, you know, let us put our fingerprints on a lot of it. So, but I, I think there'll be some things differently that are unique to this team. 
Um, you know, you always want to try to build your team to the strengths of your roster, and we'll always do that. We had we ran different things and played different different defenses and stuff while we were here than we did from Wake Forest. And so I think you're always evolving a little bit. But um, I think the where we will be most similar is in just what we value, uh, what how you should run the program, what goes into winning, the types of guys to recruit. I think that's where it'll be most similar. The style of play could could vary some, but what you know makes you win big and what goes into winning will, will be a lot the same. Gotcha. And that is uh, Brooks Savage, one of, one of my favorite guys on the summer circuit, at least whenever I get to run into you. I'm so happy for you to get this opportunity. Uh, ETSU, you get a good one. Brooks Savage, new head coach at East Tennessee State. The Buccaneers, coach, congratulations, and thank you for joining Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.